0: Hey all you phantoms and monsters, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. We're a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, say that weird, all things paranormal and definitely spooky, and also minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs like our favorite, Dungeons and Dragons, pre-internet mysteries, and trying to do the impossible by raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We're your spooky hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Bentz. Hey, dude. What? Hey, man. I How's it going? You. <laughs> you did.
1: Good, man. I am definitely feeling the, you know, you're starting to see, like, the fog in the mornings taking the oh, girls yeah. to school and, like, the the temperatures dropping and mm-hmm. the leaves are starting to fall. It's just, like, it's perfect. I feel like, was it last year that it came so
0: late? It felt like, yeah, like you mean temperature wise, yeah, it was like, and just like the season, yeah. This this is gonna be. I feel like this is gonna be like the the Halloween's of old. Yeah, meets same. It feels like it did when we were kids. Yeah, I totally. At least whenever I lived over here, I mean. Here we go. When I was younger, I lived in the tropics. So now, did your felt like a? Did your butlers make your costumes? Come on, no, but my mom definitely (laughs) did, dude. I've got some great pictures of me as Pinocchio, dude. That Pinocchio is amazing. It's amazing, right? Yeah, she. she Man, she made. I wonder if she still has it. Mm. I guess I can probably try to fit in it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, look, I don't want to waste another second, man. We got to get into the spooky. Yeah, we do, folks. We have an incredible show lined up for you today. It's actually one of my favorites during the October Spectaculars that we do, where we get and use stories from listeners that are just incredibly spine-tingling and just scary, man. Mm -hmm. And we've got some from a couple of listeners and a couple of stories of our own that we're going to share with you today. Mm -hmm. So without any further ado, let's get going, man. Let's go. Look, we all know that, like, police officers in the line of duty have to face a lot of things that, frankly, would scare us all, period. You know? I mean... Just every single time that they're responding to a call, even uh, something as simple as like a traffic stop, it's, they're in potential danger every single Mm -hmm. time. But what about the times that are even scarier than what we hear about? This is a story from someone that was a police officer back in the late 90s. So buckle up. It was about 1999, maybe 2000. I was a police officer working patrol in a major southern metropolitan area. It was a cool night for us, meaning it was in the low 70s, and it was slow. I mean, it was a very quiet night. No matter how hard I was looking, there just wasn't much happening. I was dispatched to a trespassing call at an apartment complex in an older part of town. According to the complainant, the building manager, there was a woman sitting in a car in the apartment parking lot that did not live in the building, and the manager wanted her charged for trespassing. It was about 1.30 in the morning. As was my habit, I parked a few blocks away when I arrived so I could walk up to the call. This part of town was very quiet. Picture craftsmen homes from the 1920s, red brick streets with large oak trees. The complex was a smallish building at the east end of the street, It was a two-level building shaped like a small U. The center of the U was a grassy courtyard with a large oak tree. All of the unit's front doors faced the courtyard. There were no halls, and all the unit doors were on open walkways. Vehicle parking started at the open part of the U. When I arrived, I immediately saw the subject of the call. There was a 90s model goldish Toyota Camry parked next to the oak tree, front of the car, facing the courtyard. Sitting in the car was a woman, early 40s, with curly hair, and wearing a typical 90s business blouse. She was sitting behind the steering wheel, hands on the wheel, and just looking straight ahead. The car wasn't running. Before I made contact with the woman in the car, I first went up to the manager's apartment. To do this, I had to walk up a stairwell on the south side of the courtyard. It was a typical two-flat of stairs that opened to the second-floor walkway. When I got to the second-floor walkway, I looked back at the car, and the woman was still sitting in it. I knocked on the manager's doors and asked her if she had called. She said yes, and that there was a woman in the car in the parking lot that did not live there, and she wanted me to charge her for trespassing. I asked the manager to please come out to the walkway, and she did. I pointed at the woman in the Toyota and said, you want me to trespass that woman right there? The manager said, yes. I know all my tenants and their vehicles. She does not live here, and I want her gone. I said okay, and the manager walked back into her apartment. I walked down the stairs, and when I got to the bottom, the woman in the car was gone. The Camry was still there, just no occupant. As I mentioned, the stairs were two simple flights, exposed to the outside, and I only lost sight of the car for about seven, maybe eight seconds as I walked down them. I walked to the car and felt the hood... It was cold to the touch. I looked around and didn't see anyone. I didn't hear a car door open or shut. There was a light on in an apartment near the car, so I knocked on the door. A young woman opened the door. I, of course, apologized for disturbing her at that late hour, but the light was on. I asked her if she knew who owned the Toyota. She said it was her boyfriend's car. I asked her who the woman sitting in the car was and if she knew where she went. She asked me to repeat myself and called her boyfriend. When her boyfriend got to the door, I repeated my question. I added that the apartment manager had called to trespass the occupant of the car. Both the manager and I saw a woman in the vehicle and I described her to them. The young lady then said, The lipstick. She explained that her boyfriend had purchased the car at an auction recently. One day shortly after, he slammed on the brakes pretty hard and some lipstick rolled out from under the driver's door. The girlfriend joked that maybe the previous owner was a woman and maybe she had died in the car. I said, at any rate, the woman wasn't in the car now and apologized for bothering them. I then left the building and started walking back to my car. Now, for officer safety, when you're on a call, dispatch does what's referred to as a unit check. They call out to the officer to make sure they are okay and don't require any assistance. While I was walking back to the car, dispatch unit checked me. I advised I was okay. Dispatch then asked me to go to a different channel. When I switched over, She asked me if I was solo or if I had someone riding with me. I advised I was solo and asked why. She said she unit checked me a few minutes ago and a woman replied, he is okay. I said, what? And she said again, a woman answered the unit check advising that you were okay. I then told the dispatcher I was on a call about a trespasser. Both the apartment manager and I had seen her. I described her to dispatch and then advised the woman disappeared while I was on the stairs. When I went to HQ, we pulled the tape. And I heard a woman. It's okay. Advise I was okay when dispatch unit checked on me. I didn't recognize the voice, and at the time, I had no female officers on my squad, and I was riding solo. This was witnessed by two of the folks in my office, and there was a voice that appeared to coincide with the unit check. I don't know what it was, and to this day, I still don't. What did you think about that, bro? Man, I,
1: so I've always kind of had this, this opinion of police officers. And lately, my wife, Courtney, and I, I mean, she's like a, I mean, much like your wife and you, I guess, technically. She's like a huge true crime, Oh yeah, you know, and so we've been on like a, I I don't really get big into it. There's just something about like, it sucks you in, man. It does suck you in, but like. As a dad, like, once you become mm-hmm. a parent? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's, it, yeah, dude, I can't. It's just a little much with the kids' stuff a
0: lot of yeah, times. Yeah, no, no, like, I, I skip those things. Yeah. And I also have to kind of, like, limit myself, man, mm-hmm. to watching that or, like, listening to true crime type stuff because then suddenly everybody looks like a serial killer to me. So yeah, right. I just have to kind of calm that down. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh,
1: but but we've been into that lately, and it's so funny that, that and it's so sort of, Synchronicity that we're we're talking about this uh, this particular account because I was literally just thinking. Well, really, all this past these past few days, we've been really binging. I can't remember the show, but it's some True Crime show. And you know, on almost all of these, it's like, yeah. And then the police guy, you know, the policeman was called out. <laughs> almost police guy, like arrowman, archer. You know, it's like the the officer is is. Called out, you know, dispatches like, "Hey, head over, head over here." Da 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 da. -da, They've seen some activity. You know,
0: things seem to be crazy. I need a couple more
1: police guys. (laughs) No, but like, you know, two in the morning, two three in the morning, and it's like they're just. It's just like such commonplace for these guys to just drive out there alone. And this is coming from, dude. This is coming from somebody who's not afraid. Like, I don't really get afraid of the dark. I don't. That stuff's. I, I guess I like embrace this. Yeah, probably a little too much. So none of this stuff kind of scares me. But like thinking about that, thinking about like, oh, some weird neighbor saw this abandoned house and they thought they saw something upstairs. Mm -hmm. This dude has to go out, get out of his car, walk into an abandoned house with a flashlight. I mean, what a, you know, say what you want about cops, but
0: you got to be brave to do that. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't joking whenever I said like they face danger in every stop dude, 100%. It, it, it always has the same amount of possibility mm-hmm. that somebody and so it's like just imagining that sort of thought process every single time you pull somebody over or every mm-hmm. single time you knock on someone's door yeah it's exactly. terrifying dude and yeah. like look i think when you are an armed individual in, in any case walking through the woods you become just a little bit braver You know what I mean, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And so, but like, hey man, what you get? How's that going to work on the old ghost? You know. And so, like, I'm not a scaredy cat necessarily, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be the one driving out to the. Hey man, we heard a sound in the thing. No, yeah, no. Sucks. Hey neighbor, that sucks, man. Yeah, I mean, not being
1: afraid of the dark is one thing. Driving out to an abandoned house in the middle of nowhere. nowhere. And then investigating with just you a a flashlight and a pistol,
0: you know, in the middle of the night, that's a that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. I mean, heck, dude, I'm I'm nervous about like just camping out in your old mom's (laughs) loft. Oh, I'm ready to, you know, is he gonna cry? Is he not gonna cry? Uh, I don't know if the light's lights here again. I'm just saying it's no, but in all seriousness, that kind of creeps me out, you know. Just you know, messing with that stuff. So anyway, I put my myself as I was like narrating this, Mm -hmm. no, no lie, man, like full body chills in certain spots, man. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that, you know, it just that just a couple of things. First, whenever he knocks on that door, he's talking to the to the girlfriend or the Mm -hmm. the you know young lady that answers the door. And she like makes him repeat, like, wait, what'd you say? Like, imagine that realization, you know, those moments, man, when when all the things that have kind of happened before, whether it was a week ago or whatever, everything starts to make sense. Mm -hmm. Those those kind of situations, wow. I mean, that's just, that's incredible. And the fact that she was like, the lipstick, you know. Yeah, that's crazy.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, I love it. I, uh, and again, big ups to, uh, is big our ups listener, we can't, we
0: can't. Yes, is not to name him because of his current.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. I was going to say big ups to all of our listeners, whether you you gave the narration or you wrote it, and for mm-hmm. us to do the narration, we're super thankful for that because, uh, and and we have more. But yeah. so you know, if you don't hear yours, you know, t- on today's episode, you'll hear it in the future. Trust yeah, it's because we have a plan for right. it specifically. Right. Well, cool, dude. Well, let's keep moving.
2: Hi, my name is Sean, and this is a story that you might find interesting from when I was a bit younger. So, I used to live in a town called Freehold, New Jersey, and uh, I graduated from art school maybe uh, six months to a year prior to this. So, I was working as a cartoonist, and I would spend a lot of uh, time working at night and then sleeping later on in the day. I had become a cellar dweller at my mother's house at this time because me and my sister were both living there. And my sister was pregnant with her first kid, so we gave him my room and I was sleeping in the basement and working down there. So I had applied for a part-time job in a town... A couple of towns over and um, the interview was for around 2 p.m so i asked my mom to wake me up at noon since she had normally come home uh, from break on work because she worked very close to our house usually around noon this day she was coming home a little bit earlier so it worked out the next day comes around for the interview And I hear my mother at around 12.05 uh, yell down the stairs to, you know, Sean, wake up. You got that interview. So I get up. And then I go to the interview. And I did pretty good. Uh, I got the job. Spoiler. So as I'm coming home, as I get home from the interview I think is a while ago I told my mom that I had done pretty well in the interview and I think I got the job and I thanked her for waking me up and she's like oh I'm glad you got the job but I'm so sorry I forgot to wake you, you got to wake you up I'm like no you woke me up I, I heard you she's like what time did I wake you up and I said around 12.05 and uh, when she heard that she went as white as a sheet she had then disclosed to me that she had to leave for work early to get back from her break and as she was driving back to work she had remembered that she had forgot to wake me up on the way and she noticed that around 12.05 p.m. so that's my story um Hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Bye. Man, I love that, dude. It's,
0: it's so good. It's um, you know, that's one of those situations, man, where it's like I sometimes think about, or I have thought about in the past. Like, can your subconscious uh, speak to you in familiar voices? You know, in our show, we talk about things like uh, voices in the woods and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, trying to trick you and 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 that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, what about the ones that try to help you? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It it reminded me of have you ever heard of the third man effect? No, but I'd also never heard of the term cellar dweller, but I (laughs) love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was one of those uh, for a while, also. Uh, Also, thanks, Sean, for not only sending in a story, but reading your story and putting it in your own words. Also, Sean is, I'm not going to give his full name because I don't know if he wants, you know, he would want us to, but. He's a fantastic artist and, uh, and we'll tag you, if you're cool, we'll tag you on Instagram. But I got to say, like, yeah, it kind of reminded me, well, two things. At, at, when he was first telling me, uh, it sort of made me think of, like, the third man effect, which is a lot of times, like, you'll hear these stories where, uh, like, a lot of times it'll be, like, people, like, out in, out in the wilderness, you know, like, hiking or some, like, I've heard a lot of, like, mountain climbers talk about this, where, they'll be, you know, doing something really dangerous and then they'll see this, like, person kind of in the periphery, like, you know, push them back up on the trail or, like, grab their hand, like, if they're, like, falling and then Mm. they, you know, they turn around and it's, the person's gone. Yeah, Um, almost like a guardian
0: angel type scenario. Yeah, it
1: is kind of like that. But the the weird thing is a lot of, uh, scientifically, a lot of times, it's looked at as almost like a, um, I don't know, almost like your brain is like compartmentalizing like another character to sort of like mm. help you out hmm. in this weird kind of way. I, yeah. I, I don't totally know the science and it's definitely something that we should, we should cover. Because yeah, it's, dude. It's really, I weird. love that.
0: I love that weird blurring of lines between, yeah, me too. you know, actual science, even regardless of the, of the, um, field of science so like in other words like there's we've talked about it too before uh, on the show psychology and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing these different concepts that that are actual studyable things that happen to people you know and and that like almost like gray area man where like it all sort of like comes together Mm -hmm. that's kind of what that reminds me of i don't know
1: that's uh well the other thing made me think uh, when he said that you know, he had he he was speaking to his mom, and she had said, uh, "Oh, I you know I remembered that I had forgotten to like wake you up or whatever." And the the idea of like a thought form or like not necessarily like a tulpa, but like maybe like an egregore thought form. It's like the idea of you know, I, I don't mm. know, like maybe her, when she thought of that, yeah, when she thought of it, exactly, it, it
0: created this. Yeah, thing. she
1: <laughs> she manifested that thing that like woke him up.
0: Man. I don't know. It's. I mean, it also reminds me of, I remember, like, I've read uh, in in different accounts, you know, growing up and stuff, about, like, you hear sometimes about, like, let's say, like, missionaries that are Mm -hmm. out in, like, a dangerous area, and they knock on, like, a door, and it just so happens to be, like, this, like, you know, convicted murderer or something like that, Mm -hmm. and no harm, you know, comes of them, and then later on when that criminal's, like, caught or something— they ask like, "Well, why didn't you whatever?" Blah. He's like, "Dude, I, there's these two like freaking humongous muscular dudes behind." Oh, them. I love you know, those. You know that kind of stuff. Like that's kind of what this kind of reminds me of a little bit. Dude, did I ever tell you about? I know that I don't want
1: to derail our flow here, but did I ever tell you about my possible guardian angel story?
0: No, but you always lead with. I don't want to <laughs> disrupt, or I'm sorry to get us off the. And I typically just kind of let it go, and, and I'm just quiet mm-hmm. without saying anything. But, you know, you could just leave that out and just say, hey, man, let me do Because guess what? You're going to derail.
1: It. <laughs> maybe we should just leave. It's already like derailed. A, the Here sound of like, a, like a boat cranking, because that's, <laughs> that's when I'm getting ready to drive away from the dock. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. Real fast. Like, I, my wife and I lived in an apartment complex, and I was working,
0: I guess, not third shift, but like. Hold this. on. Maybe you did tell this story already. Is this the, like. You just—is this when you like left the lost time? No, 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 no,
1: okay. no, no, no. That was a whole different thing. Uh No, this was so I got in like really late. Like I, I didn't get off to like seven, or not really late, but I didn't get off to like seven or seven thirty at night from the hospital. I go in at eleven, get off at seven, and I had come home. You know, by then it was like maybe seven thirty, eight o'clock. It was dark. It was in the middle of I guess it was around winter time, and I went inside and come to find out I had like forgot something that maybe Courtney was cooking or something. I can't remember. So I go to walk back out to my car and there were, there's usually no spaces since I got off late. So I'd have to kind of park a ways away. And as I was walking, I would walk, I I like walked around. So my car would have been like on my right side and I'll, I'll, you know, walked around the back of my car. And as I was, you know, Entering like the side of the, the car, I see this, uh, this like I don't know, maybe teenage girl, and then like an older guy, maybe in his 20s, like crouched down, mm. like at my car. And they, it clearly, like, th- there was a split second where I was like, Oh, well, this is it. I'm going to be robbed. Yeah, or yeah, whatever. But it totally went in a direction that I, didn't really understand, and the like that they they sort of started acting weird. Not really like they were caught, but it was just this weird kind of like
0: like scurrying away kind of thing. I mean, you definitely got this. Is like a there's a movie that starts like this. I'm sure that came out in the 80s, but you had to go into the special room at the rental place. To... <laughs> what? <laughs> you know where they keep all the dirty movies? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, no. Like you definitely busted them, dude. No, 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 no,
1: no. They weren't like making out or anything. Not like yet. It, no, because th- this was a pl- th- this was a situation where it was like if somebody was trying to like rob somebody. Because and that was the thing too is like there had been some robberies in that in that apartment complex. It was really mm. great when we moved in, but then it started getting a little shady. But um, it looked like they were just like waiting on somebody to get into their car that late, and then they were going to mm. jump out and like hold a, hold up a knife or a gun and. Yeah. steal their wallet. Anyway, they acted weird. They, like, sort of stood up and, like, just sort of, like, quickly, like, walked away. And then here's the weird part. I, like, quickly am, like, opening my car door and I'm kind of, like, uh, not flustered, but, like, you, like, like cr- me in like, this... But crying. Huh? <laughs> Jesus, no. <laughs> uh So I, I open my door and here's the weird part. And, like, maybe, maybe in the 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 flurry of activity maybe Mm -hmm. i like misheard something but i go to i go to like shut my door right and Mm -hmm. and right as i shut my door i swear i i swear it sounded like my passenger door shut also Mm. and so i'm wondering like were they seeing like yeah. S- somebody with me? Like, so, so, so then it wasn't an easy, like, oh, well, here's, here's one guy who's like pretty skinny little guy that will, that'll be easy to rob. Like, did they see somebody with me that also like was sort of appearing to like get in the car with me? I don't know. Man. It's, it's, it's one of those, like you said, like this story. It's one of those things that I've always thought about. And, uh, and man, I've totally forgotten about that story. Yeah, dude.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Or, Maybe they saw you, a different version of you, from whenever we invent time travel. Now, now you're talking. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay, dude.
2: After these messages, we'll be right back. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense,
0: broad For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures.
2: From another dimension, another world. I don't know.
1: The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent.
2: Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad.
1: I was driving across country with my mom and sister when I was 16 and my sister was 20. It was late, but we were all rested still and alert. We were driving along an interstate and needed gas and a bathroom break, so we stopped at the only rest stop in 200 miles. There was a van full of teenagers on a road trip at the gas station, as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us with two young men standing still outside of it. When we got there, everything just felt wrong. We'd been on the road for days and seen many rest stops at night and had never been afraid until then. My mom and my sister went inside and I stayed in the car. I heard the teenagers say they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work and they left in a hurry, without even getting their gas. I was watching the car in front of us and the two men had not moved at all, not an inch. They weren't talking, they weren't on phones, they were just standing there still a stone my sister and my mom came running back out to the car and when they got in the two men slowly turned to look at us while not moving or pivoting the rest of their bodies and I swear to f we all saw the same thing they had eyes dark as pitch and empty truly empty not black not reflecting any light at all just a void We sped out of there and didn't stop until we were in the next city. The worst thing about the entire experience, we couldn't find the place on any map. We knew exactly which spot on the interstate to look, and we couldn't find it on Google Maps or any other paper map we had. We even asked locals about the creepy gas stations out on the stretch of road and got only confused looks. We've traveled on that interstate since, and there is no rest stop. Man. What do you think of that?
0: Dude. I mean, I mean, that's kind of, like, the mix of, you know, black-eyed kids type right, stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe, like, you know, when we've talked before about, like, the thinning of the veil and these mm-hmm. window areas that you talk about and stuff, what about, like, an area that is literally, like, it, it, uh, it reminds me of, like, um, WandaVision or, mm-hmm, you know, when right. you kind of, like, you don't know it, but you, you're traveling into this area that, is of another plane of existence or something? Yeah, it's like a little or, pocket dimension or something. Jeez, man, that's that's pretty scary, man.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I like the
1: I like that. I mean, to to me, I, it's sort of there was a feeling of nostalgia because, like, you know, as all of you folks know, like Woody and I, were, you know, were in bands for years and years, and uh or were in a band for years and years, and we would. uh you know that was the thing. it's like you you play a show, you don't get out of there till like the last band ends and then you gotta load your gear and settle up with with the club and then you know you're back out on the road until you know three, four or five mm-hmm. in the morning sometimes. yeah and so there was that like sort of nostalgia with this. Uh, and also you know it is one thing that like I don't know that I, I feel like you and I out of the other two guys in the band, or we, we've we always had like a certain level of like situational awareness of mm-hmm. things. But even with that being said, I think that looking back, it's like, man, how many times were we just like goofing off,
0: you know, in, in the middle well, of the night? Well, let me, let me just kind of yeah. like, let me adjust that phrasing a little bit. Like, mm. I think we probably all had situational awareness. Mm-hmm. The thing was that like, I was the extreme paranoid one right like everybody's a bad guy right and you were and and you were just like a slightly better and then like Boo and thomas are just kind of like come on man They're, it's everything's cool you know like i'm the uptight one let's just put it out there yeah i'm yeah. the one that's like worried about everything the responsible one but that's not to say that these guys are just like oblivious they just like you know tend to see the good and everybody, and I mm-hmm. tend to be, like, skeptical of them trying to, like, rob us, kill us, or right, something like that. Right, Yeah. Well, and and that's what I'm saying. Like,
1: I, I feel like I look back now, and and again, maybe it's because we have kids now, but, like, I look back and I'm like, man, we, like, some bad yeah. stuff could have
0: happened. Yeah, dude, the Lincoln Lodge, for example. <laughs> oh, and then also, it just immediately, the first thing I thought of when you started saying this was, do you remember that time we went to the gas station? And it's like... It's probably like three. It's that witching hour, dude. Yeah. And you can feel it in the air. It's just kind of like, uh. Mm-hmm. And I'm filling up the gas tank. Everybody else is kind of inside. I think a lot of times, too, we would kind of do the thing where it's like we would do the buddy system. So it's like, yeah, if you're right. going inside, then somebody else goes with you. And mm-hmm. then whoever's with the gas. This time, I guess everybody had a pee in old woods just filling up the gas tank See, that's of this weird, big old usually, van. Usually- and maybe you were there, but do you remember the guy who came up He was like, Certainly homeless. And he just starts like doing all this weird stuff. And we're like, uh, oh, what's going on? Dude. And then he's like, no, come here. Let me show you this trick. And then he like does something with like a string. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Okay. That entire time, everybody else was like, yeah, man, this is cool. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to spray this guy with gas. If he starts getting, I'm just going to douse him. No, like he, he starts getting just, No, I was there because I remember. I'm going to
1: strike a match. <laughs> Go ahead. I remember it was weird because. He it like was strange, dude. He kept getting like closer and closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Like that thing, it, and it was like he was like, "Oh, hey!" It was almost like that. Hey, look over here in this hand while this hand does something else. It mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, look! I'm doing this this magic trick." Do you guys believe in magic? You guys think? This and is- I was
0: like, the whole time I'm just like, you know, still filling up the the a million gallon tank that this dadgum right, van yeah. had, and I'm just thinking to myself like, while everybody else is like, "Oh man," I'm just like, if this guy makes a wrong move, I'm gonna, uh, you know. He's like that's just a that's just an illustration, mm-hmm. an example for you listening mm-hmm. of like where my mind is typically. Yeah. You know, oh, like, mine's. There. I'm not. Hey, hey I'm man, totally you're getting not. too close. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I don't but like what this I
1: mean though. is, like, by he was getting close, I was like, he would, he would be, he would do like a little bit of the trick, and then he would take like two steps forward.
0: Yeah, I don't and, like it. Dude. And, and then by
1: pissed. the end, I remember we had all gotten into the car, and I think you even had said. Hey, man, look, we we don't want anything. We don't have anything, like, enough. Sorry, pal. We got to go. And you shut the door. And I remember him being, like, right in your window, still, like, say introduced. Or maybe maybe it, like, pissed him off.
0: Probably, man. By that point, yeah. Which also reminds me of the time that boo paid i thought that it was boo boo's turn to pay the cab in new york yeah and he just has a pocket full of change dude and the guy he probably didn't even have enough number one the guy is just yelling at him boo just like slams door kicks mm-hmm. throws quarters okay yeah. anyways enough of that uh oh that, okay. so back
1: to the story the black eyed kid phenomenon is something that i've been i mean it was like a real big deal like years ago mm-hmm. uh, on all like the podcasts and stuff and It's still one of those things that like, uh, and again, we'll do like a full episode on it because the original encounter is a guy that, long story short, this guy was end up, he was, uh, he had to do, make a bank deposit. He's out in the middle of a parking lot and he's filling out his check and there's like a movie theater next door. And all of a sudden these kids come up to his, his car door and they're basically saying like, Hey, let us in, Mr. Hey. Let us in. It's cold, and they're like they—they kind of always sort of come up with these excuses of like, "Hey, can we use your phone? We ha- we have to call our mom." And then he was like, "Hey, yeah, the movie just let out." And he said, "Well, what movie did you guys just go see?" And they said, "You know, I think it oddly enough, they said Mortal Kombat, which is." <laughs> makes the story better, yeah. and singing,
0: sings, Mortal Kombat.
1: <inaudible> uh, but they, I think he looked at the the marquee and was like, "Oh wait, that's not right," or something, mm. and mm-hmm. ended up like peeling off. But he said he had this, like, the, you know, the the general consensus when this happens is like, the they just feel like a feeling of like dread. Usually they'll have like very sort of like nondescript clothes on. They'll have like a hoodie pulled up.
0: And they'll, you know, or they'll knock on a so door. So this was like, this was during, see, I. And this just shows my ignorance to the subject here. Mm-hmm. This was like in the 90s. Yes, the kind first of, wow. sort of, so it could, you know, uh, well, the w-
1: so, I mean, I don't want to bury the lead because it's a fascinating. Yeah, no, no, no.
0: let's cover it, let's cover it on yeah, a different yeah, yeah. episode,
1: dude. But it possibly goes back uh, hundreds of years, even before that. But wow. yeah, the 90s, there's like this, this one event, I cannot think of the guy's name. But he, you know, he's been on podcasts and stuff. He later became the lead guitarist for Limp Biscuit and then <laughs> West Borland. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't no. know his name
0: because don't care. Oh, Go yeah, ahead.
1: I, I was Hate really him. into West Borland back then. Anyway, <sighs> it's just this idea that they have to ask for, like, they have to ask for permission, which leads me to believe that, like, maybe there is a, a tie-in with like the vampire myth mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. you have to get permission to mm-hmm. like. Come into the house, yeah. You know, and it's like, hey, let us in. It's cold out, mister, da-da-da-da-da. And like, yeah. I don't know. There's something Which about this the-
0: that feels that way, but that, they're not yeah. kids, though, so that's, yeah. that's different. Which, by the way, please, again, this goes back to, I just watched too much of the true crime stuff. If someone mm-hmm. knocks on your door, middle of the night, they've got an emergency, please let us in. i got to be able to, hey, no problem. I'll call 911 for you. Yep. That's it. Yep. You don't open the door. Exactly. You don't do it. Mm-hmm. And then totally make sure good. your guns are loaded on the other side. <laughs> well, anyway. you should have already answered the door with a gun, like, on oh, dude. Behind Don't your back. even, dude. It's just ridiculous, folks. The <laughs> the amount of like, like one time somebody knocked on the door. It was <laughs> just straight up afternoon. I I'm coming down. I got my shotgun. It's ready. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. love it. It is just like a normal weekday, three p.m. It's probably the mailman,
1: dude. Like, by the way, down. so I'm gonna come out and confess. Here and I know I know we're driving real fast away from the dock, but. Mm. I saw this thing online, this prank, and I actually did it to you. But I don't know if it's worked out. Have you been visited by by Jehovah's Witnesses lately? No. But dude, don't mess around with that. <laughs> no. I found this thing where you can go online and you can like fill out a form. And I think I even that's the day that I like texted you and asked you asked you for your address. Uh, and they'll come and like talk to you about.
0: Yeah, the you good know.
1: news. No no, uh, no, shame as far no, as, me. man. If, I, if I, folks I, work, to I work with several,
0: man. Yeah. They're awesome, awesome yeah, they're folks. Awesome. Okay, look, I'm probably going to take that out. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. Here's something that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. So when we're putting everything together and kind of curating what stories we wanted to include in this episode, I ran across this story that, believe it or not, man, I had never heard before, and what's more is, It's a local story, Mm. and it's fantastic. Man, I can't wait to hear it. Get ready for a full moon, because this one is going to be crazy.
2: Ooh! Put like a real wolf there. We will return after these messages. Something there.
1: Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And
0: now, back to our show. Over the last 10 to 15 years, pop culture has conditioned many to think of lycanthropes with rippling abs and typical teenager problems. This is not one of those fictional stories filled with teenage angst or a love triangle between a werewolf and a vampire. Perhaps for some, it's easy to forget that at one time, the threat of a hungry werewolf lurking in the shadows of the countryside was considered to be a very real and deadly serious ordeal. In fact, in the mid-1800s, terror gripped our home state of Georgia when a werewolf caused panic-stricken farmers to melt their crosses into bullets and set off to kill the beast. It may sound like a tall tale, but even today, you can still visit the creature's grave. This all-but-long-forgotten story of Georgia's real-life werewolf begins innocently enough with a young girl named Emily Isabel emily or emmy as she was known was the shyest and most reserved child of the wealthy burt family who were prominent members of a town now known as woodland when emmy's father died he left a hefty sum of money behind emmy's mother mildred owen burt shipped all the children off to boarding school in europe After a long semester in Europe, Amy returned home, and it wasn't long before the rest of her family started to notice that something about her wasn't quite right. She looked sickly with a million mile stare and complained that she was unable to sleep. As the days wore on, her mother began to realize that Amy had been slipping off into the nearby forest in the middle of the night. When she confronted Emmy, she claimed that she couldn't recall most of those midnight strolls. To make matters worse, she had started to grow what her mom considered unsightly hair in odd places. And even strangers began to notice that her teeth looked more pointed, almost as if she was growing fangs. Mildred wrote the odd changes off as puberty. Puberty but vowed to keep a closer eye on her daughter, even visiting the dentist to see if he could perhaps file down the accentuated canines. (laughs) Coincidentally, local farmers were dealing with some strange problems of their own. Throughout the county, Talbot County, Georgia, farmers were waking in the morning only to find their fields littered with the mangled carcasses of their livestock. seemingly the victims of a wolf attack. Together, the farmers concocted a plan to end the slayings once and for all and started nightly hunting parties with the intention of capturing or killing the beast responsible. After a few weeks of failed attempts to slay this phantom wolf, the frustrated farmers used their last resort. They asked the town weirdo for help, locals always whispered about this strange old man from Eastern Europe. Some claimed he dabbled in black magic. Others said he was just crazy. But either way, he was an outsider. When the animal mutilations first began, no one listened when he told them he knew which creature was to blame. According to him, it was no regular animal. It was a werewolf. With Little else to go on and many, many corpses of dead animals to deal with. The farmers were finally ready to listen. Tracking the beast on any night was a fruitless effort, the old man told them. Instead, they were to wait until the next full moon to resume their hunt. In the meantime, the old man instructed the farmers to take every silver crucifix they could find, melt them down, and use the metal to fashion bullets as strange as his advice was the farmers were out of options their livelihood literally disappearing before their eyes so they did as they were told several weeks later the group took to their fields by the light of the full moon just as the old man had said the hunting party came across a frightening silhouette lurking in the distance. The creature was as big as a man, had a long snout, and walked on two legs. As its wolf-like ears twitched in the moonlight, the hunting party raised their rifles and took aim at the monster. As a cacophony of gunshots filled the night air, the werewolf let out a painful scream. (sighs) Led into the forest. No one was sure where the creature was hit, but the old man's crazy plan had worked. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to the celebrating farmers, there was another hunt happening in the very same area. Mildred Owen Burt awoke to the sound of gunshots, only to discover that Emmy's bed was empty. Determined to get at the bottom of her daughter's secretive midnight adventures, She lit a lantern and headed into the forest. After searching high and low, Mildred finally stumbled onto Emmy's unconscious body, a pool of blood surrounding her hand, and it appeared that she had been shot. Mildred did her best to stop the bleeding and then ran for help. The following day, the local doctor patched up Emmy's wounds But even he couldn't explain what had happened. After the rumors of Emmy's accident and the farmer's successful werewolf hunt began to collide in the local taverns, Mildred discovered a doctor in Paris who claimed to specialize in lycanthropy. With the sneaking suspicion that Emmy might have been to blame for the rash of animal mutilations, Mildred sent her off to Paris in the hopes that she might be cured. According to all the legends, the attacks completely ceased from then on. Several years later, Emily Isabella Burt returned to Georgia, cured of her mysterious ailment, and lived out the rest of her life as a successful businesswoman and landlord. In 1911, at the age of 70, Isabella died and was buried in the Owens and Holmes Cemetery in Talbot County. Her gravestone reads, Thy form alone is all, thank God, that to the grave is given. For eyes know thy soul, the better part, is safe, yes safe, in heaven. While the legend of Georgia's werewolf girl is contested by locals who claim their great-grandparents encountered the beast and skeptics who cite a lack of hard evidence, one thing is for certain. To this day, there are numerous reports that the ghostly spirit of Emily Isabella Burt still roams the countryside by the light of the moon, and often you can hear her howling. Man, I love that, dude. Man, I mean, the second that I read this, I knew we had to include it because Mm -hmm. how amazing is it? Like, you don't really hear a lot of ann and I were just talking about this last night. You don't hear a lot of werewolf legends really in the US, as much as like France and like Europe and all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I mean I know that there's like a few, right? But just not as much. And yeah. so like that's captivating enough. Not to mention that it's in Georgia, this mm-hmm. small rural town, dude. Smaller than like I think the current population of Woodland is like 480. Yeah, it's super small. Super tiny. Mm-hmm. And so what I wonder about this is, did she get bit whenever she went to boarding school, come back? Mm. And, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. It's strange, man. You read more about her as an individual. And apparently, like, well, first off, the father who um, passed away kind of early, I guess, he was kind of like darker complected, you know, dark black hair, you know, kind of a hair suit kind of guy. Like he apparently. Like me. Mm-hmm. And apparently Emily or Emmy kind of had those same features. Like she, she favored her father's genetics. Mm-hmm. And so like, you all, you also kind of wonder like, was her dad, was this passed down? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Interesting fact. She never had any children, uh, never got married, mm-hmm. um, was always kind of known to be the kid that was just, uh, sort of sitting on her own reading, you know, kind of an interesting child in comparison to, uh. To the others, but uh man, just yeah. That's super
1: cool. Well, one thing too that's awesome is while you were reading, I was like, man, this is like I, I've never heard of it. Like I thought that i that this was the story uh of this other type of cryptid. And I was thinking this morning whenever you first mentioned it that they were the same, but no, I've I've never heard this at all. This is this is so cool. Yeah. But I was man. looking while you're reading and Oh cool. I, I mean and uh no it's fascinating and there's i think it's like roadtrippers.com or whatever mm, mm-hmm. and there's like this whole form of like people that are like yeah you can find her grave and they say yeah. you know you can hear wolves howling on a full moon and mm-hmm. you know obviously it's like those sort of localized urban legends but man that like there's nothing better yeah as far as we're concerned 100% dude yeah i love it uh there something that's also kind of weird is You saying that, like, she never had any children, which in those days, I guess that was, you know, obviously, of course, there's going to be women that, like, can't have them or whatever. But I feel like there's something in the werewolf folklore. I don't know if it's like a very sort of specific, specialized account or story that maybe I've read, but I feel like there is something that I've heard about, you know, I mean, Granted, this, you know, you have to sort of suspend your disbelief and say, oh, werewolves, there could be possibility of werewolves. But there's something I feel like that I've heard that, like, like the females, like, couldn't have, uh like, once they were turned into a werewolf or whatever, it's like they couldn't have babies. Mm. Because, like, their, I guess, like, their body temperature was too hot. Like, some kind of crazy... Yeah. Something, and I don't know if it was like some fiction thing, but
0: yeah, I don't know that. I mean, one be, thing too about her, is she did have some like, she was kind of like the sickly kid too. Mm-hmm. When she returned from Europe, I think that she had some like some kind of health issues where she was in pain a lot, and so like the local sort of physician uh, gave her some like I don't know some sort of like medicine that that uh, contained opium. Mm. She started using that and then that kind of messed with her so you know there's there's all kinds of like different aspects to this and like maybe you know gosh man maybe she was just like an opium addict that like slept during the day mm-hmm. uh it was a cellar dweller <laughs> <laughs> good call back. i am going to
1: break the rules and big
0: <laughs> surprise
1: I, I knew that you were going to say this uh but I have this story that is clearly a, well, as far as I know, it's, it's a fictional story. But it's a ghost story that I heard as a kid. And it has lived rent-free in my head for pretty much almost my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those that, have, that just has stuck with me. And it's still terrifying to this day. So let's dive in. One day, a young girl named Mary was home alone. Her parents had gone on a ski trip and decided Mary was too young to ski down the dangerous slopes of the Alps. Mary would have been scared to death if it hadn't been for Pugsley, her German shepherd and lifelong friend. Her first night home alone, Mary was a little scared, but she and Pugsley had a routine worked out. Every night when Mary went to bed, she would reach her hand under her bed where Pugsley slept, and he would lick her hand twice. Today, it was just the same. Two licks, and Mary went right back to sleep. In the middle of the night, around 1 a.m., Mary awoke with a start. She listened hard and heard drip, 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 drip. She got up and checked all the faucets. Nothing. Mary thought that maybe it had rained and water was dripping from the gutters. She looked outside, but all was dry. Mary closed and locked all the windows and checked all the doors. She went back to bed, relaxed, that all was well. Later, in the same night, at 2.30 a.m., she heard the noise again. She got up again, and checked all the faucets, once more, all around the house, still nothing. Annoyed and tired, she went back to bed. Once more, around 4 a.m., Mary heard the noise, much louder now, and it seemed way closer. Now, Mary was really afraid, and she couldn't stand it anymore. She yanked back the covers and stormed into the bathroom. In one swift motion, she pulled back the shower curtain. Shh. To her absolute terror, hanging in the shower was her golden retriever,
0: his blood dripping. So, wait, that's that and that's it? An
1: y- yeah, Th- so basically, someone was in her house licking her hand under oh. her bed. Oh my gosh, dude. Now I do kind of remember this. And man. he was still, and so when she discovers the dog, it, you know, it's going to like lead her, you know, obviously she's immediately going to think, oh, wait, what was licking my hand under the bed? And then mm. boom, she's a goner. I love that story so much. It's so creepy
0: and Mm. weird. It kind of has, like, the aspects of, like, uh, especially, like, as a kid, man, you know, what's under there? Mm -hmm. What's under your bed? Oh, You know, it it, it kind of doesn't even make it, like, potentially supernatural. It's just maybe there's, like, something scary down there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, yeah, just that the idea that, like, I don't know, and, and maybe like watching like all this true crime stuff, it sort of uh, made me sort of rethink of this. But like, just the idea that someone is like sort of so depraved that you know maybe maybe had like been sort of like like spying on her and seeing like what the dog would do or whatever or like. Mm whatever i mean i don't know you know the motives or anything but like just the fact that he would like lick her hand to make
0: oh god that's so scary so weird so creepy gross man yeah dude yeah man all of those stories kind of have one thing in common that is for whatever reason man as human beings and i would love to kind of like find an article or a book written about this Mm -hmm. like we're fascinated in different like levels i think of this sort of like terror right mm-hmm. some people can watch like the extreme gory wh- horror stuff some people not so much like my wife zero it right? doesn't bother me at all some of it bothers me like crazy but like well kids if stuff. it's good storytelling yeah I but kid. sometimes it's like come on man that was just unnecessary yeah right but what I wonder what that is you know we look like I think as human beings somehow in our nature we kind of like that thrilling sort of experience of kind of like being startled being scared in mm-hmm. some way but to me it's like yes but especially if you're that's accompanied with like some safety right so right. i mean unfortunately people who have gone through real trauma and these scary things you know there's no way in the world that they want to you know hear or watch or, or read anything uh, about any of this stuff and right. i get that mm-hmm. but Man, it's just interesting that there is that thing that's inside us, man, that just like, you know, you kind of crave it sometimes. And this time of year, I got to say, I kind of crave it.
1: Oh, 100%. I <laughs> definitely crave it. It is funny, though, how, and I'm, I'm totally guilty of this, but, you know, throughout the day, like, I'll have, like, you know, horror movie after horror movie after horror movie. But then it's like, you know... Once, once it gets dark, especially when you're home alone, it's like a totally different thing. It's like you're doing that all day, and then it's like, okay, let's we need to get a little,
0: little light in the mood a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh man, that's when. Hey, do you remember what my advice is? Even my kids know it. Hmm. You get scared, put in there safe Christmas <laughs> works every time. <laughs> I'm dead serious, dude. It's impossible not to feel better when you're going to bed. If you've watched some scary stuff and you yeah. throw in Ernest Saves Christmas, that was my go-to, man, since I was a kid. Okay. I love it. I
1: love it. Well, cool, dude. Well, if you folks would like to communicate with us, if you would like to share a spooky story, perhaps, if you would like to just reach us, reach out to us and tell us how great of a job we're doing, uh, you can hit us up at our Gmail, which is that would be radpod at gmail.com, or on the social medias specifically Instagram, leave a comment, you know, drop a line to us. We love to hear it. If you have some, you know, questions or you want to ask something, shoot us a DM. If you would like to tell your story, there's no better place to do that than our new website, www.thatwouldberadpodcast.com. And there you can directly, you know, listen to episodes. You can leave your your like a voice memo of your story directly on the site. And we, you know, we love it. It's awesome. And it's sort of a sort of a one-stop shop for all of your that would be rad needs. Mm-hmm. Get out there, tell a single friend about the show. Find that weird friend that likes maybe likes horror or is still stuck in the 80s or, you know, he's the town weirdo, like what he said earlier. Tell that person about the show because I'm sure they would love it. I think that's about it. Leave five star reviews visit our patreon which is newly up and running and we're so proud of and we're having a blast with it the rabbit trail is fully functional and live and uh you know we can't thank you you i guess patrons can't Mm -hmm. thank you guys enough for all the support it really means the world to us and uh yeah we just we we can't thank
0: you enough uh we got anything else Woody? i think that's it man other than thank you to those that send us your stories and gosh i hope everybody is uh Getting ready for Halloween? Yeah, man. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. Stay spooky
1: out there this season. And as always, be rad. And that's the
2: way
0: This is the ghost. Hold on. Without any further ado. Heh, said it wrong. Without any further ado, let's get going, man.
1: Well, no, but I mean, on the first one, it was like, you were just kind of telling me, so I don't know if you...
0: I, yeah, but I knew it. I knew it. Oh, okay, so. champ. Um, Yeah, professional. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I'm the only one that shows, you know, and here we go. It's just like Dungeons and Dragons, man. You're like flipping around the fucking app. You don't even know what to do. You're... Your your spells aren't. Dude, I, in I've there. got to
1: say that that the non desktop <sighs> version of D&D Beyond. I guess you're going to have to start bringing, thing,
0: bringing your desk. I just bring my iMac. I just set it right in the middle of the table. Oh, head. man. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Look, no, no, no. I'm just going to go with what I did, man. I thought it was good. Okay, that's fine. It was that's great. Fine. It, was that's off the, it was off the cuff and it was, I mean, frankly, it was just professional. Oh, it God. just goes to show how professional I am. Or resume, not a big deal. But hey, man, Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see do you want me to respond to that yeah just say like let's care. go oh. all right <laughs> okay so professional
1: okay